0: And thank you one and all for joining us for another
1: edition of Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com. So I'm happy to go ahead and say that our next guest uh, has already gotten the chance to be featured on a recent Cannabis Radio episode. And I'll make mention of it a little bit later on. Um, our friends at the Marijuana Solution, host, Robert Roundtree, highly would recommend that show. But there's some great conversation made on that show, but we're going to go in a little different direction with my guest, He's the CEO of the nation's leading secured logistics provider and distributor of cannabis cash and products operating in 10 states, So 11 states, and also oh, 10 states and Washington, D.C., so 11 areas. And my guest is the CEO of Hard Car Distribution, Todd Kleperis. Todd, thanks for joining us.
2: You bet, sir. Thanks for having us.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. So first, I want to go and get into the gist of Hard Car, just to give our uh, listeners an understanding of what you do. A real understanding when it comes to banking distribution, from cash in transit, or CIT, to cannabis distribution, cannabis banking, secured cannabis storage, cannabis financing, and cannabis transport. Hardcar has all set aspects of the market covered while continuing to reinforce compliance and public safety as the industry grows. So wrap my head around what your company offers to companies. How are you able to provide all those services above?
2: Well, it really comes down to the simple fact that banks are difficult to deal with in a traditional sense. Not uh, kidding. just take the holiday yesterday. And by the way, thank you for all the veterans that are supporting this and, and listening in because we support United States veterans. We're all United States military vets. So the, the, the banking issue, just even like yesterday, for instance, when the bank shut down and you have a stop payment on a check or you have a, you have to do something the banks themselves are in the middle and they stop the process. So they, they're basically overcharging our regular consumers. They're, they and Most people don't realize this, but credit card companies make a very large amount of money just by holding our money for us, right? They give us a little bit of credit, but then they charge us money all the time. And that makes the industry challenging. So in our industry, banks really don't even exist, right? I mean, if people go, where are all the banks? Well, Fortunately or unfortunately, we started a few years ago with the first bank in the state of California, which is called Technicolor. And we were under a nine-month trial program to bring the cannabis companies into the legal side of the banking world. That in itself was dramatic. But what ended up happening was that we then went out and found more banks that were willing to do that. So now we have a total of 18 banks that we work with that we can help cannabis companies get into traditional banking. The other services that are out there that say that they can get people banking really are not actually allowing the people to go into the bank. Like you physically can walk into a bank branch. You know, these are real banks. Now I find it challenging because banks themselves are not that easy to work with. You know, they're, they're If they find out that you're in the cannabis industry, they'll shut you down. Yep. And what we've done is we've got banks that are really friendly that'll help us and help the cannabis companies with everything from say merchant processing, which is people go, wow, how do you do that? Or, finance and loans and mortgages. We just did a mortgage loan for a company that was over $60 million on a facility. The largest one to date that we've helped with is actually a $125 million facility that was a tomato farm that we helped the guys get financed to turn it into a hemp location. So there are banks, they're just very quiet and they're very, uh, let's call it selective. So we have been very fortunate in working with all the banks to be able to show them, we distribute the product. We move the product, and we also get the people cash because we can deposit it into the Federal Reserve. Now, how do we do that? Well, we do it with guys like myself that are U.S. military veterans that have armored trucks, and we move this stuff around, and we are actually capable of doing that in all those states because we've got all the licenses in place. And we, believe this or not, we are actually one of the only companies in the industry, I think we're the only company in the industry, with a contract with Federal Express. Now, that wow. should shock every one of your users. Every one of your people that are listening on this thing should go, wait a minute, hold on. They've got a contract with Federal Express? That's accurate. We do. Not only that, but we've got contracts with banks, like real banks, like, you know, multi-billion dollar banks. Now, that is a challenge and a cross that we bear because even the people in our industry have a hard time looking at us and going, how are you guys doing that? Well, we've done it. We have the process of over almost $300 million that have been processed through the banks in the last couple of years, all done through our car.
1: Now, I want to make mention of this, too. On top of that, not only are you the nation's largest secured logis- logistics provider of transport of cannabis cash, you're also the first company to deposit cannabis cash directly into the Federal Reserve. As again, with 13 banking institutions across the U.S., almost $600 million in assets. Uh, talk to me how you were able to get that set up, make in conjunction with the cash for the deposits, getting them right into the Fed.
2: Well, that's a that's a very... Thank you for that. I appreciate that. It's a little bit, if I could retract just a section of that, we're actually not the first company. The first company to do it arguably could have been one of the companies in Colorado because there was a bank out there called partner settled credit union. That was Sunday, who is actually the champion in the industry that started with the banking uh, portion of this. They, I believe probably did it before us. Our statement is we've done it in the largest state, which is California because no one else had ever done that. We're the only company to move product and cash. There may have been one company before us to do it, to actually get it in, but it was Colorado, it was small, and I'm, I'm proud of our team to be able to say that we've been able to expand and, and do this all around the United States. What we do is we basically go work with the banks to show them how we have the compliance and the regulatory backing of the, of the, of the clients, so we have them go through a whole vetting process, we have federal background checks, we do the whole thing for them, so we bring the banks, the compliant customers, and then that enables the banks to feel safe so then the banks are able to then open up and then they start doing all kinds of other banking services with them. So it's it's a pretty closed-loop system.
1: And I just want to go and pull up a little context for all the listeners out there about the implications that the Safe Banking Act, if passed, would really help out because Law.com made an explanation about the dilemma and how state-approved cannabis businesses are – Fortunate to generate millions of dollars, they might imagine the difficulty businesses face operating without the services by federally regulated financial institutions, lack access to loans, credit cards, lines of credits, bank accounts, and secured armored trucks for transporting cash receipts.
2: You so, hit it on the head. You hit hit the last half of what you just said. They, they lack the ability with the armored trucks and the armored cars because the, the, what happened was Brinks, Garda, Dunbar, all those big guys won't do what we do. They have too much risk and they won't take the, the, you know, we're at a severe level of risk. If you think about it, we move hundreds of millions of dollars of cannabis product. I mean, and I'm not, I'm not joking. We have trucks where we're moving it all around the largest state in, in the United States. So we have a higher level of security than any of those companies. And we do it with the banks, all knowing that what we're doing is where they are at risk as well. So no bank has been taken to task. And if any of the banks are listening in on that radio talk show, I can tell you we've helped multiple banks go through audits and federal investigation. And we talk to the federal investigators. We talk to the people that are involved in the industry. We are involved with state senators and assemblymen writing the laws. So AB 2255 and others, we were instrumental in helping write the actual laws that enable a lot of this to work. And in the state of California, we have the copyright with the state of California on the transportation guidelines. So that gives us a little bit more credibility, let alone the fact that I wrote the white paper for the industry. When I was the chairman of the NCIA uh, Banking and Legal Committee, that was the first paper that was ever presented to banks and to assemblymen and to senators. And that, in essence, gave them a footprint or a blueprint to be able to move forward quickly enacting these kind of uh, actions for banks. So now you have the ability to even get bridge loans or 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 structured finance or invoice, invoice factoring, or, you know, there's a lot of things that regular banking can do, which they held back on from the cannabis companies so because they just didn't want to do it. They thought the risk was too high. Well, we've eliminated a lot of that risk, enabling a lot of these companies to move forward. That is where hard car differentiates itself from other companies. Now in the next couple of weeks, one thing that wasn't talked about on Robert Roundtree's talk show that I can talk about now, you're going to yeah. see us at the Benzinga conference, I was actually going to school this past year. I was actually at Harvard taking a course on fintech, which is financial technology. And we were able to build out an application that makes this all happen a lot faster. So watching the news, you're going to see it all released. It's going to be the Benzinga event in fintech up in New York City. And we're hoping to clear we're in an event where if we win, it's going to shock the industry. Because what's happening today will radically be different when we get out there with our application, which is called Paisal. Now, you're going to see Pazel live on the 19th, and it's going to be pretty impressive.
1: So, again, November 19th, go on, keep a lookout for that. Let's go ahead and go to a quick commercial break. I'm here with Todd Kleppers, the CEO of Hard Car Distribution. I want to talk about California because, obviously, uh, solar licenses when it comes to compliance, when it comes to protections. We're going to talk all about that coming up after the break
0: rolling into some sponsors but we'll be right back with more blunt business hey take a look at this they're selling smart pots (laughs) they have pot that can make you smart where is it not that kind of pot smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants check this out
1: 2000- garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com.
3: Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits.
0: the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com.
1: I'm joined by Todd Kleppers, the CEO of Hard Car Distribution here on Blunt Business. Now, Todd, you recently wrote an op-ed about protecting what's left of the California cannabis industry. But open my eyes for a lot of different things. Let me go ahead and take a pass at what you wrote. Now, many people, quote, within the cannabis industry operate on the assumption that it's safe to move, can- move cannabis products and cash within states. After all, peace and love is all about the plant, right? Or is that is, that, <laughs> uh, is all that the plant is about, right? As an established cannabis security professional who has been Operating in California before legalization, hard car, I can confidently confirm that when it comes to participating in the legal market, many are willing to trade in the peace and love of the plant for criminal activity and potentially life-threatening situations. I hate to say it, but the California cannabis industry is slowly killing itself and has the potential to literally endanger lives as a result of this loss of a promise-regulated system that intended to keep cannabis clean of criminal activities. Those are strong words. I want to take a moment to let you expand on those comments.
2: Well, thank you. Uh, If you take a mason jar and you fill up that mason jar with oil and it's distillate oil, that mason jar turns into about $25,000. Now, if you take a 55-gallon drum, imagine that for a second, a 55-gallon drum, and you put that full of cannabis oil, it's around $7 million. Wow. So now, if you put four or five of those drums on the back of a truck and you're driving down the road, you have 30 to $40 million in the back of a vehicle. I am not under the belief that that is not a massive risk. And the reason is because there's still a lot of nefarious people that are tracking the cannabis companies. There's still a lot of people that are out there that are the bad guys that are still looking to make a statement, to make a hit, to to get the money away from the people that are really trying to build an industry. So We've been in front of this for a long time. I I once found this company out in Colorado and I almost dropped. There's a woman that started a company in Colorado that is out there with guys that just pick up the cash and they don't even have breastplates on or armor or anything. There's no weapons or nothing. They're just going around picking up cash. Well, that is a massive target on your head. And those people that she's putting out there at risk are really, really, really at risk. I, I just can't see the logic behind that. Now, some people will say, Oh, it's not that dangerous. Well, if you're walking around with two hundred thousand dollars and it's in a bag, it's incredibly dangerous. I don't I don't this this is not the day and age where people are walking around saying, Oh, it's okay, I'll give you back your two hundred thousand dollars. You know, what I mean an armored truck will go to the side of the road and have a door open on the side of the highway and you can see if people scurry around to try and go grab the cash. Yeah. It's just not logical. You just can't put people in harm's way. It doesn't make any sense to me to not be covering what is the hardest and arguably the, 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 one of the most incredible resources going now in cannabis to move that stuff without the right secured, measured, and protection is just ludicrous. So anything over, say, $100,000 to $200,000 needs to be secured. Now, what is the definition of secured? Okay, a vehicle moving something that's secured and has a cage in the back and GPS and tracking, I get it. But the minute you get past $500,000, no insurance company, none, zero, zip will allow you to move that stuff unless you get an armored vehicle. If it's over a million dollars or $2 million, the insurance companies, even know that's crazy, why would they do that? They're not going to give you the insurance.
1: Now, what about those? Now, we've had some companies. I remember, I'm not going to go and make a mention of the exhibitor, but a couple of years ago at our Miami USCC Expo, I remember talking to and interviewing a guest that offered a service where they did offer um, armored carriers. But they would also have cameras inside of the vehicle, uh, inside the the cabin and uh, of the actual assets. Uh, to what extent should there be the kind of security that should be put for that amount of uh of those of that amount of assets in a vehicle?
2: Um, I think it's up to the operator to determine would you how what their threshold people is. In the vehicle, armed. I think you're safer. I think you're. Right. I think to, to err on the. To, you're asking a guy who's a prior military guy and an Eagle Scout whether or not right. the, there's enough safety, right? So I think there is a level of safety that you don't want to go over, but there's also a level of safety that you never want to go under. And going past a few hundred thousand dollars in any vehicle, or even a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand dollars worth of product, by the way. Is just ludicrous. It's just crazy. It just doesn't make any, it's nonsensical because you're putting the person at risk because there are bad people that will watch, literally watch. You leave a facility and then enter a facility. Those are the two choke points on any one location that any any police officer and anybody who's got any background in security would tell you. When an armored car company, when a guy pulls up to the side of a building and he's walking into the building or he's leaving the building, those are really where things happen that go bad. Now, if you look at the crime statistics across the United States, and these are facts, these are not things I'm exaggerating or making up. You can look them up. The guys that are at risk are the guys that are not prepared and the guys that are not actually having the right technology or security around them to protect them. So if you're moving, say, a half a million dollars or two million dollars of trim, which a lot of people do in California, in the back of a pickup truck. They literally get pulled over and they get taken from them all the time. If you think I'm kidding, check out Murder Mountain. Check out any one of the other specials that have been done on how much cannabis and how much crime is still there and growing, by the way, because the black market in California is not going away. It's getting stronger because we're not able to action on opening up enough stores fast enough in the state of California to meet the supply because the price at the retail level is way high right now. I want to go
1: ahead and follow along on this trend right here, because then what you also wrote about, you asked and answered a question if cannabis in California is safe at all. And what you said is this, quote, "...those who operate in the gray market of cannabis are forced to do business within the shadows, but unfortunately many aren't taking the necessary precautions to protect their safety while moving cannabis and cannabis cash." licensed growers, manufacturers, distributors, and retailers are even putting themselves at risk with lack of security on cash, product, and people. Despite the ideals that cannabis-related crime would begin to fall with the legalization of cannabis, people are still facing gun-related violence in California over cannabis. Then you went on to say this, people want what licensed cannabis can provide and produce and are willing to go to any lengths to get it. Simply put, the California cannabis industry is killing itself and endangering what's left of it by its own lack of foresight towards its own regulations towards safety and security right after they got out of the gates. Whether they like it or not, cannabis will continue to be bought and sold in the Golden State and regulators will just lose their hold on a large portion of what could have been a tremendously large regulated market. So on this show, we've talked a lot about compliance enforcement the black market in California, I have quoted a New York Times article from April 27th, maybe seven or eight times in the show, just off the top of my head. Now, we've talked about that there have been cases, and obviously, a lot of cases make it to the Bureau of Cannabis Control. Law enforcement is trying to crack down on black market outfits. That has been the focus there. Uh, what else do you think should be done that is not already being done by these governing bodies and fellow business owners?
2: Uh, If you wanted to try and bring in the black market in California, it would be, we gave the state multiple options, but the two best options that we could think of would be give an amnesty program to the guys that are up North and tell them, look, you want your legacy cash. You want all that money that was made illegally and you don't want to pay taxes on it ever. Why don't we just give them an amnesty program where they can come in and they take a certain hit by the state and then they become legal or you go up North And you really, really have to route out the guys that are up there with teams that are effective because really what you're trying to do is trying to go back into Afghanistan where people are in little caves and you're trying to route them out of these caves or back in the day, and I hate to bring it up, but in Vietnam, back in the times when they were going to try and route all the people out, you had people down in the middle of little tiny caves. That's what these guys do up in the mountains. I've been on these farms. You have farms that are literally in the middle of the hills, out in the way out of nowhere, and they live a certain kind of lifestyle. Now, I'm not a negative guy to people trying to have a lifestyle, and I love the California cannabis marketplace, and I love the growers. But you have to be compliant. You have to be legal. You can't do this illegally and expect to survive because commercialization is coming with Walgreens, CVS, Every big name retailer on the planet bringing CBD in, it's only a matter of time before THC is in the same space. And when you have that, the little farms, the little guys are not able to compete. So you have this constant battle going back and forth where either you go to them with a carrot or you go to them with a stick. I'm of the belief that you go to them with a carrot because it's much easier. It's much smarter to try and bring people into the fold and make everybody legal and compliant and happy because then the state makes more money. Everybody's happier. And by the way, all of the states are the same way. Florida, New York, Illinois, they all take in illegal cannabis from California. There were 13 million pounds of cannabis grown in California last year. Two million of it was used in the state. That means 11 million pounds went out to the other states, which means all the rest of the other states still have illegal cannabis. We have to put an end to that. If that doesn't stop in the next couple of years, the black market will continue to thrive, and those guys are going to make a lot of money, and crime will continue continue to increase.
1: And I, I agree with you on that wholeheartedly, because you have to imagine that some of those people, just because they're being tagged black market, That's not, that's basically taking, now there are obviously nefarious actors in that group, but there's a lot of good growers there that if you're allowed to let themselves, you know, prosper, take the hit, like you said, and then allow them to go ahead and offer properly regulated product, then I think it would be a, a, a an actually a pretty good solution. And I think that's, you know, they probably owe that to, all the company that's owed to because of not because of the government is because of the other companies that did it the right way that went through everything after prop 64 said okay we're going right. to do this right we're going to put we're yep. going to go ahead and follow what the bureau says we're going to follow the regulations if everyone else is following it to the letter of the law they should be doing it too and that's not yep. because that's just not not a judgment it's just it's just reality
2: yeah i'd agree with you on that it's it's got to happen that way because the majority of the small farmers that are really the good people that I've met that are fantastic growers and and just good hearted, good people. They're the ones that are getting hurt because they either don't have a path forward or they're not sure how to, or they're too, you know, they're maybe they're scared about doing it or whatever, but that's all got to change. And the only way that changes is if somebody offers them a path, somebody offers them a, maybe even a pass and says, here's your pass. You know, you guys have this time period. Now they tried doing up that in in Humboldt County one time and they got a, they got a smidgen of people, but it was before it was actually legalized and those guys now see what they're missing because they are easily making double or triple the money on the black market right now than they would if they went to the white, to the legal market. Right? So mm-hmm. legal, illegal, let's just call it that way. And if you look at it legal or illegal, the prohibitionary period in the United States had a lot of people with illegal alcohol in the United States. Does that still exist in the US? Yeah, but it's so small, it's not even right. funny. A guy may have a still and maybe some guy's got his own way to make his, <laughs> you know, his craft brew or something, but that's, that's not anyway. Yes, it was on a million Ozark somewhere still.
1: Exactly. Somewhere. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. It's the reality is that these folks have to realize that compliance is not that difficult and that yeah. to be part of the system is better than to be around the system.
1: Agreed. We're going to go back to another commercial break. I'm here again with Todd Kleppers, the CEO of Hard Car Distribution. We're going to go into some in-depth on the Safe Banking Act. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but I want to go into some more of the understanding about, really, we haven't taken much time to really go into the details of why this act is so detrimental to the industry and how big of a hurdle it will help this industry cross in the future, in the near future, we hope. We'll talk about that coming up after the break. Stay with us natural substances produce the results that CBD
2: is producing in the animals that we are testing on.
3: It's a dog's life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio.
2: Hey, it's Nick Hexum from 311, and you're listening to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina on CannabisRadio.com. Now I'm ready to turn the page
3: on yesterday's and book it down.
2: Now I'm willing to disengage to seize the day of the
0: war. Doc Rob, the concierge for Better Living.
3: Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth.
0: Only on CannabisRadio.com. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com.
1: Welcome back. I'm here with Todd Kleppers, the CEO of Hard Car Distribution here on Blunt Business. So I'm going to go back to that Law.com article I talked about. And just so you know, it is an article that is titled The Safe Baking Act, High Hopes for the Cannabis Industry. So they... These legal scholars here, they obviously put a lot in here to really make mention of the Safe Banking Act, the Secure and Fair Enforcement Banking Act. The House of Representatives have already passed this. It's gone to the Senate. But obviously, you know, a couple of things, prior impeachment, things like that, prior kind of putting this on the back burner, I would imagine, right? But the protections <laughs> that are put into this, and Todd, you'll let me know what you think. It's the fact that I, I really like the fact of how thorough this law was be, has been put together. And that's why when it did pass the House, you know, a lot of promise here because it does, I think it covers and checks all the boxes. It covers all the bases necessary. It's just going to recruit a federal bank regulator from terminating or limiting the deposit insurance of a depository institution, taking any adverse action, penalizing, prohibiting, discouraging a depository from fin- providing financial services, that are in compliance with state law. Now, financial services, which is another thing I want to make mention of, when they refer to that, the definitions in this act are a financial product or service, as defined in the Dodd-Frank Wall Street Reform and Consumer Production Act, the business of insurance, effectuating or facilitating payments or funds, acting as a money-transmitting business which makes use of a depository institution, and acting as a legitimate armored car service. Again, going back into a story from the Colorado Springs Independent, I want to bring up a couple of things from here. Quote, financial institutions, they are watching the progress of this bill in the U.S. Senate. Again, this is going to allow banks and credit unions to provide services to cannabis businesses. Most banks and credit unions have shied away from offering, but this passage of Safe Banking Act and the signing of the bill by President Trump would open access to this 1000000000 dollar marijuana business industry to work with banks to actually get the money flowing into into the federal reserve and to get it into, you know, as real currency that can be used, you know, throughout. Now, as I mentioned earlier at the top of the show, I would highly recommend you listening to the most recent episode with Robert Roundtree on the marijuana solution. Look for the marijuana com or look for the show on cannabis com, wherever you find your shows, it's all there. Cause Todd, you spoke extensively about how hard car, as a result of these kind of issues of certain companies not being able to work with you, American Express recently canceled an account with your company The being because cannabis has scheduled nar- one narcotic. That's nothing new. A lot of companies are dealing with this issue. That right there takes care of everything. Now, if this bill were to pass, what would be any changes of all to your business model if that happens?
2: Oh, I think it'd be fantastic. Um, I do believe that it will or some bill like this will pass. The difference is you're still going to have banks which are going to need to do the compliance and the back end of this, which is called BSA, Bank Secrecy Act, or AML, Anti-Money Laundering, work. So they're going to have to have more people that are going to focus on it. I know for a fact that Citibank and others have people ready. Like They literally have teams of people ready to be able to enter this space. The issue with that is it's probably still another year and a half to two years out, and that means this, this transition period between then and now is painful. And so the banks that we are working with now are all very, very, very aware of the risks they're taking because they're bringing in the customers now in hopes that the customers are going to stay with them when federal legalization happens. That may or may not happen if they have lots of options coming. The good news is with a with an act like this in place, it would actually help our business dramatically because the cash and transit business is not our main focus. We we focus on cannabis. Like We were the first company on the planet to have a secure vehicle to move what's called fresh frozen or flash frozen from the north where they shuck the plant three weeks before it's done and you can make live resin out of it and a lot of other things but you put it in a nitrogen bath so we've been intimately involved i'm a cannabis guy i've been involved in cannabis for a very long time and so our entire team knows that distribution and really the movement of the product the secure transportation of the product is the is a reality it's the future it is where it's going to be happening i mean i don't know if you know what the size of the scope of some of the farms in california but our largest farm right now is over a million square feet. Oh. Now think about that. A million square feet, it's actually 1.8 million square feet. The largest farms coming online are over four million square feet. So with the scale and the scope of some of these things coming online, there has to be real banking that's gonna be hitting. That one farm that I just talked about, that's over 300 million a month in sales that that oh. farm is projecting. So the scale and the scope of some of these things, it blows people away. And they go, wow, that's not possible. That, no, it's, it's incredibly possible because we've been involved with that facility since it's actually broken ground. So, right. yes, we know it's coming, and we know that that path is there. Safe banking will help. I think the people that are really interested in how they can do this in the industry now have to be involved with really verified, trusted companies that have been around the industry for a while, not startup companies that are just trying to do it, start up with these things, custodial accounts and all the rest of this stuff. None of that stuff is legit. You need a bank. You need access to real banks. Contact Hardcar.
1: And the way to do that, time to go for that thing. So plug in there. Hardcar.com. God, you got an easy URL. That's worth some money right there, my friend. <laughs>
3: H-A-R-D-C-A-R.com.
1: Good job. You betcha. Uh, so with that said, um, if people are interested in working with you and what you're doing, Directing the listeners to the website, what will they look for and what the, really, gonna, I'm just going to lay through the, some of the services that you provide to businesses that would be interested in working with you.
2: Sure. So they just go to hardcard.com. There's an application sign right on there. They can uh, put their information in and somebody will contact them within 24 to 48 hours. We've got a great team of people that respond. We've got uh, all the compliance and regulatory documents that the banks already will be asking for. So they just fill those through and we just introduce them to the banks. That process is being automated and that's where Paisel comes in. That's a separate division. It's my own company that I'm starting. But this is a this is a good time for hard car. This is a great time in the industry. What we offer is everything from your traditional financial services. So mortgages and loans and you know, merchant processing for CBD, uh, lots of lots of options for companies. We really got involved because we started to understand the pain points. The companies kept coming back to us and saying, well, do you know anybody for this? And what about this? And how about this? So we just kept solving problems. We've been very good at solving problems from the day we entered the Federal Reserve until the day that federal banking is legal. We've been the people to be able to bring this to the entire industry, and we're very proud of that.
1: Fantastic. Well... I really appreciate you taking the time to go and talk to us here on the Blood Business Program. Really do. I mean, it's you bring up a lot of great points. And honestly, I, I really appreciate the uh no but really the bluntness of what you're saying. I mean, you you know, you're very honest about it and uh um, you, you don't hold thank any you. punches back. I do appreciate that. No. And by the way, we are recording this on November 12th, day after Veterans Day. Again, thank you for your service. Really do appreciate thank
2: it. Thank you. Thank you to Have all the day. soldiers,
1: those that served here and abroad. Thank you for all your service among, uh, on behalf of everyone here at CannabisRadio.com. Thank you for all your great works. Those that are still out there, we hope you get back soon and make it back to your families. Really hope for them. So we'll leave it there. Todd, thanks again for being with us. And thank you, listeners, for being here with us. On another edition of Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com. You can listen to past episodes or this episode by going to our website, CannabisRadio.com. Look for the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening.
0: With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments. Get started at Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA, or Stride Bank NAR, members of FDIC. Results may vary. See Chime.com for details. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need.